his tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life.
Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer. We're so glad that you're here at Victory Christian Fellowship this morning. And those of you that are watching online are going to watch us at some time. We just bless you this morning. And we're glad to gather in God's house. Father, we're so grateful and thankful that, that we have an awesome God like you. That we can call upon you, Lord, and you answer us and show us great and mighty things. We welcome your presence in our midst today, Lord. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. I raise up,
But here's what I want to tell you. I was just thinking. You know where it says sing a new song? Right? <laughs> I don't know when was the last time you sang this song, but let me tell you something. Let me give you a little revelation that the Lord just showed me. I'm thinking to myself, Lord, we've sang this song for years, you know. We're singing a new song. I feel kind of like I'm singing a new song. Ha, ha, ha. But every time you sing this song, and you just won a victory. It's a new song, baby. Ha ha! You are singing a new song because your voice carries the sound of the victory that you just won. Hallelujah! So we're saying our Lord is worthy. He's worthy to hear us sing a brand new song because all of our mouths will come now. The sound of victory that we didn't have. I want you to think about the last time you whooped the devil with your life and with the words of your mouth and with the word of God in your mouth and with the anointing that God's put on your life and you won. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Who worthy is the Lamb who was slain? Holy, holy is he. Come on, here's your life. 
a house. This is a house of miracles. Come on, where we worship God. Do you believe that this morning? We didn't just come here to fill a quota. We're not just fulfilling our portion of the week to God. We're coming here on purpose. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you in this house. We declare this place. It's a place of worship for you. Come on, play. Go ahead. Come on, you just speak it out. Speak that you came to a house of worship, a house of miracles. That means you don't leave here without a miracle. You don't leave here without worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We clear this place out of the enemy and his plans. And we declare freedom in this house. That people can worship in spirit and truth. And they can receive from God.
oppressing you this week, but it's got to go. <laughs> it came to the wrong appointment with you. This house doesn't tolerate that nonsense. Hallelujah. Every demon that's been on assignment attacking you, following you around all week, it's got to go. Come on. You got to tell it. Go. Get out of here. Never return again. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Saturday was signed. Surely it was true.
you, Lord. How many are coming out of depression? How many are coming out of poverty? How many are coming out of sickness? Hallelujah. How many are coming out of lost? Glory to God. Say, I'm coming out. Hallelujah. The grave's been opened. And we're not going to hang in that grave. Glory to God. We're going to come out and enjoy the abundant life that Jesus came to give. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We've got to get excited in this place about Jesus. Hallelujah. We serve a good God. Hallelujah. He is worthy of our praise. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God is here. Father, we are so, so thankful that you are here. Hallelujah. You're here to remove yokes, to destroy yokes and remove burdens. You're here to remove shackles and open prison doors. Yes, Jesus. Yes. You're here to bring life and life yes. more abundantly. Yes. You're here to do something good. Yes. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Get ready. It is time for my army to rise up and take your place and stand on my promises and possess your lands and go in and take what I have given you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Someone say praise the Lord. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. If you're here visiting with us today, we just want to say welcome to you. Today is Communion Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's good to celebrate communion as a family. So we're doing it a little bit different today. And uh, we have some uh, fresh unleavened bread for you. Our communion elements are towards the back. So what I'm going to ask you to do, if you haven't already... To go in an orderly fashion, we got some on this side and some on this side. And you can go get the elements and then uh, we'll partake of them together. All right? Hallelujah. God is good. You can just take your time and glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And those of you that are watching online, just go grab some juice or a cracker, whatever you have, and you can join in with us. Hallelujah. Communion opens the door to turn your mistakes into miracles. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
We bless your holy and wonderful name. The dead, dry bones in Palmyra are hearing something today. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus. I was hearing these words during worship and God said, I'm the God who can. I can do all things. All things are possible to them that believe. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody got your elements. Before I begin, I just want to get this out of the way. Um, on Friday, I injured my finger. I uh, broke a couple bones in the tip and uh, lost my fingernail. So uh, I'm not going to tell you how because I did something stupid. <laughs> but anyway, I'm thankful that God is good. Amen. And he's going to turn my mistake into a miracle. Right. Hallelujah. So if I don't shake your hand, you know why. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to t- talk to you this morning about communion, that communion is a revelation of the Lord. And uh, in Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 28, this is the, the couple on the road to Emmaus after Jesus had resurrected. And uh, Jesus was talking to them, and they didn't even know it was Jesus. Until he revealed himself. And in Luke 24 verse 28. It says this. And they drew near unto the village. Where they went. And he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him saying abide with us. For it is toward the evening. And the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass when he sat at meat with them or dinner that he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. Everybody say their eyes were opened. So communion brought a revelation of who Jesus was. Right? And they knew him. See, once their eyes were opened, they knew him. Hey, this is the Lord. Right? You know, they were talking about what happened to him. They probably celebrated communion with him. And they said to one another, oh, and uh, this is pretty cool. And when their eyes were open and he knew that he vanished out of their sight. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. This was, at, this was in this glorified, see, when you have a glorified body, traveling is easy. Right? And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way? And while he opened us the scripture, so it was when he broke that bread and he blessed it and gave it to them, their eyes were opened to who he was. And they knew him. Right? See, so the breaking of bread opens our eyes to who Jesus is. 
The breaking of bread brings us into unity with God's purposes, plans, and his people. And uh, breaking of the bread, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. It says, is this the cup of blessing which we bless at the Lord's Supper? Not a sharing of the blood of Christ? Indeed it is. It is the bread which we break... Not a sharing of the body of Christ. Indeed, it it is. All right? And uh, there was one bread. We believers who are many are united into one body, for we all partake of one bread, which is Christ. And uh, hallelujah, Jesus said that he is the bread of life. Amen? And uh, in Acts chapter 2, they, when, when, when new converts were saved, they had 3,000 people that came into the uh, body of Christ, and they did this on a daily occurrence. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says they devoted themselves. Do we got some devoted people here today? Right? Unto the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers. That breaking of bread is not just having a meal. It is celebrating the communion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? His body was broken so that ours could be repaired. His blood was shed so that our sins could be taken away. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And not a bone was broken in his body. Why? Because God said so in his word. Amen? But his skin had to be opened. So his blood can flow. And that's why we're here celebrating this this morning. All right. Paul had a revelation of communion. And uh, he said, I received, this is 1 Corinthians 11, 23. I received from the Lord himself that which I passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this represents my body, which is offered as a sacrifice to you. Do this and remember to me. Let us partake of this broken bread. And he goes on to say, in verse 25, he said, in the same way after the supper, He took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant ratified in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So let's remember what the Lord Jesus has done. Hallelujah. Father, we are so grateful and thankful for the price that Jesus paid to offer his life as a sacrifice. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise, Lord. We are recipients. We are beneficiaries of your goodness, of your grace, and of your mercy. And, Lord, we acknowledge you, Jesus, as Lord of all. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We'll do uh, the announcements and then confession. Yeah, let's do that. Hallelujah. Good morning. It's great to see all of you here today. And God bless you. We have two pages of announcements. So you are anointed listeners. You are going to hear and remember. The Lord will highlight it to you. We can do this together. And it's exciting because we have a lot of things 
occurring in the fall here. So I'll start with this week. This week on Tuesday is Air Force for our youth, and that starts at 6 p.m. Wednesday night is our Wednesday night refreshing, and that starts at 6.30 p.m. Friday, the women return for Woven after taking a summer vacation. So at 6 o'clock this Friday, women come for a meal and a message that's geared just for women. That's here this Friday, September 17th at 6 p.m. And then next Sunday, September 19th, we are celebrating 19 years that God has blessed us with Pastor Doug and Pastor Fiona as the pastors of Victory Christian Fellowship. Woohoo! Thank you, Lord. And we each have the opportunity, send in your testimonies or your stories, whatever you want to share as part of this celebration. Send that to the office to Miss Lisa, and she's going to put it all together as part of our celebration. And then I have that next Thursday, Bible Adventure starts. Is it next Thursday already? Chris, I'm looking at Chris. The volunteers come next Thursday. I don't have the date. September 23rd. Oh, okay. We're going to get this straight. So September 16th is a Thursday. At what time? One o'clock here, September 16th. If you want to find out about Bible adventure and how you can participate in ministering the love of God to the children from Forge and Northside Elementary Schools, third, fourth, and fifth graders, they come here on Thursdays. So come September 16th at 1 p.m. and find out how you can participate. We would appreciate all of you coming and joining together as we minister to the kids. And then the following week, September 23rd, is when the children will actually come and we'll minister to them. Good. Then I have... Are we all good? Do we need a commercial break? <laughs> you got you got all that, right? Yeah, okay. Pause. It's on the website. www.vcfpa.org. You can just click in Victory Christian Fellowship Palmyra and it will come up. Okay. Saturday, September 25th, Barnabas is our men's group. They're doing something brand new and awesome fun. Instead of what they usually do, they're going to have supper, a barbecue. That means meat. That's what I've learned. Men like meat that's burned over fires. (laughs) So you're going to have some barbecue meat Saturday, September 25th at 5 p.m. here. And then you're going to have games and like horseshoes and I don't know. You know, men like to throw those things at poles and throw balls and just have a good old time doing what they do. We women are not going to do that when we meet this Friday, but the men are going to do that on Saturday, September 25th. Invite 
guys that you know from work, your family, your street, invite them because it's going to be a great time of gathering together and having meat and fun. (laughs) That's my perspective. I'm sure I'm a little off, but you guys know what's going on. Now, talking about the men, every year they have a, a conference called Everyday Hero Conference. That's the main theme. And then each year it has a special focus. And this year is Be a World Changer. So guys, gear up for the last Friday night and Saturday morning of October. I'm talking about October now. But I want you to plan ahead for that. So jump ahead to October. And that's for the men and guys age 12, I believe, 12 and older. So come on out to that as well. Then there's another announcement about cavern days that Pastor Fiona is going to give you more details about. Thank you. You all did awesome. Good job, Ms. Nadine. Yes, so we have... um, an event that we were being we were being sponsored. We were blessed with the opportunity. Uh, Ms. Karen uh, works in that uh, area. The um, Indian Echo Caverns. They're having what they call Cavern Days, October 2nd to Saturday, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we are given the opportunity to have a booth there. So, we would like volunteers. So, if you are here. In this area, on October 2nd, from 10 to 4, you'll probably have to be there from 9 to 5. Plan a day of work for the, for the gospel. Amen? Uh, we've got some plans, and we need help to pull it all together. So what we would like you to do is tell us if you're available and, you're, and how, how many hours. You can certainly break up the time if you don't have the whole day. But, hey, if you have the whole day, come. It's going to be fun. Uh, let us know. Tell Miss Lisa today if you have an idea. If not, we're going to put a sheet out for you to sign up so we know that you are available and who we have to work with. All right? Uh, so think about it. We have lots of things we want to do and opportunities to meet people and to serve and to pray. And we've got some good plans. We're working with Miss Karen on this, and I had some great ideas. Miss Karen, you're going to love it. So, <laughs> so, um, so we want to get the word out to the world of who God is and the higher standard of living he provides. Do you know people live so low, and we're not talking just about your cost of living type of living. We're talking about the mindset, what is, ca- what is capable to happen through your life, and who God can be through you. We're going to rev it up a bit, right? So people from all over the country... Come, or is it our local area? Great. It's even better. It's our local area. So we want them to know that we're here and what we do for God's kingdom, our part, right? Everybody's got a part. We'll share our part. Amen? So if you're available, set this date off. Bring the kids. It's it's for family. It's for the family. So bring the kids, but you let us know what work you can do. We understand if you have kids, you might have to go off with them and stuff. That's fine, but we'll we'll set it up properly so everybody can have fun. Amen. All right, that's my part. <laughs> Amen. It's just an opportunity to introduce our church to different communities. Yeah. 
Well, one of the things that we like to do here at VCF is to make a confession that's based on faith. We, make, we pick a subject for every quarter, and we make a confession like every week. That high so, shriek sound. We want to invite you to make this <laughs> confession with us. So let's make our confession. Yeah. Our, our God, God is, is a consuming, consuming fire. fire. He, he upholds his, his word, and, and we, we worship him alone. alone. The, the fire of God is his glory that is holy and pure. We respect, honor, and reverence his holy fire. God's fire sets our hearts ablaze with a love that glows, a faith that ignites, and a devotion that consumes. We hate sin with a fierceness that burns, and we rejoice in God with radiating joy. The fire of the Lord will guide us through darkness and cause us to triumph over our enemies. God comes with fire to comfort, encourage, and empower us, and to execute judgment on our foes. There is a fire that has been ignited within. It burns in our hearts and our bones. We are His flames of fire. We will not let His holy flame go out, but we will keep our lamps full of oil to burn for Him. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Yeah. If we could have uh, Chris and Mike come up. They don't know we're going to do this. Yeah. You know, uh, we're so grateful that uh, they're involved in Bible Adventure, and it's, it's right and proper to lay hands on people for an anointing for that. Amen. So we just want to pray for them uh, this morning. Just, I want you to stand up with me and just stretch forth your hands. And Heavenly Father, thank we give you, you thanks Jesus. and praise thank you, Lord. for the anointing of the Holy yes, Spirit Lord. and the wisdom of God yes, that you Jesus. have imparted into them yes, for such Father. a time as this. In and Lord, we activate name. those gifts yes. that you put within yes, them in yes. the name of Jesus. Wisdom and they're going to be a blessing to your people. Yes, and Lord, we just give you Jesus. thanks and praise for Fill the anointing up, to come upon them and to strengthen Fill them and yes. lead and guide and direct them, Lord, and bless yes. them in Jesus' name. Yes name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Our kids are important. Amen. Yes, they are. And we've got an eye on them. They are not, they're not going to be thrown to the wolves. We are speaking life and the blessing. This is what I talked about last week, the blessing over our kids. No curse is going to come in Mm -hmm. and overtake them. The blessing of God is what we speak. All this stuff that's going on, it has to bow to the blessing. Amen. Amen. I'm not preaching. (laughs) Well, glory to God. Welcome once again to Victory Christian Fellowship. We're glad that you are here. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, just before we dismiss the kids... Uh, to their class, just want to uh, give you, you know, I give you a nugget, right, every week about uh, giving and, and why we have the privilege of giving, and uh, I want to give you something from Proverbs uh, chapter 11, verses 23 to 28. It says, one man gives freely, yet gains even more. Isn't that interesting? 
How one can give freely but yet gain. Now that's not the way of the world, is it? And he says another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. The one who gives freely gains but the one who withholds comes to poverty. He says a generous man will prosper. How many generous people do we have here today? Amen. And he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Glory to God. If you can use some refreshing, sow some refreshing. Amen. People uh, curse the man who hoards grain, but blessing crowns him who searches for it. For whoever trusts in riches will fail, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Now, we don't trust in riches. We trust in God. Amen. But God receives our seed. And here at VCF, we don't pass a container, but we do have two containers, one over here by our bookstore, one over here as you came in there, the wooden containers. We call those our seed planters. And you can give any time during the service, even when I'm preaching. Amen? Amen. You know, the Holy Spirit might just inspire you. And... Uh, Some people do it before, some people do it after, but it works really good for us. And if you make a check, make it out to VCF. If you need to use a card, you can use it through our bookstore. If you need to go online, um, you can go on our website. And uh, pretty soon we'll have text to give. (laughs) Because some people do that too, amen? So there's something for every side. So Father, we give you thanks and praise for the givers and the gifts that they bring to you. We give you thanks, Lord, that your blessing is upon them. You provide for them, you protect them, and you prosper them. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, kids. We have kids' life. That means kids living in faith every day. Kids, we want to dismiss you to your class. Have a good class. Have fun. Be blessed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's something for everyone here at VCF. Glory to God. Well, on in the beginning of September, the Lord laid it on my heart to... I haven't done a series for a while. So this is the first uh, series that I've done in several months. But it's we're calling it Be a Witness for Jesus. Share the gospel, reach out and witness, or reach out and win souls. You know, every one of us as Christians should be witnesses for Christ. And actually, we witness whether we realize it or not. We're either witnessing for the devil's kingdom, for the world, for ourselves, or for God's kingdom by how we live and how we interact with people. Amen? Isn't that right? We are walking billboards for whatever kingdom we represent. Amen? So, uh, you know, especially when you become a parent, you have people watching you, and they watch everything. (laughs) They hear everything. Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. D.L. Moody said this. He said, I do not know anything that would wake up Chicago better than for every man and woman here who loves him to begin to talk about him to their friends and just to tell them what he's done for you. You have got a circle of friends. Go and tell them of him. Amen. Of course, that was back in the early 1900s. And, but how many know we got some friends, don't we? 
But we have a friend in Jesus, don't we? How many has, has God done some good things for in this place? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if, you've got, if God has done something good for you, then you can share that with others. How many has ever shared about a good restaurant that they've been to? Or a good movie that they've seen, right? You, you tell your friends, you've got to see this. You've got to hear this, right? Well, we got the greatest story ever, amen? We have the greatest God ever, amen? And we've got to tell his story. Daniel 12, verse 3. Daniel 12, verse 3. It says, those who are wise, we got some wise people in here today, will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven, and those who lead many to righteous like the stars forever and ever. God's superstars are those who lead people to Christ. Amen? And there's all kinds of ways that you can lead someone to Christ. Amen? We're not limited to one way. And uh, this morning, I want to um, go into some of the ways that Jesus witnessed. Did you know that Jesus was a witness? And John was a witness? And the apostles are witnesses? Even the Holy Ghost is a witness. And they all testify about Jesus. Amen? So... Go with me to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. And I want you to see just something here in verse 5. Acts 13 in verse 5. This is talking about uh, Paul and Silas, I believe. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John uh, helping them. What did they do? They went and preached the word. They talked about what God says in his word. You know, that's a form of witnessing. Amen? By just talking about what the word says. And if you go down to verse 32... Verse 32 in the same chapter, uh, chapter 13... It says, and we declare unto you glad tidings, how the promise which was made unto the fathers. What kind of tidings? Glad tidings. The gospel is not sad news. The gospel is good news. How many could use some good news today? Amen. There's a lot of bad news in our world, but God's got some good news that's going to help you, that's going to bless you, that's going to pick you up and encourage you. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then verse 38, same chapter, says, Be it known unto you, brethren, therefore brethren, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. I'm telling you, there are so many people that don't know their sins are already forgiven. They think that God's waiting in heaven with a big baseball bat to hit them on the head whenever they do something wrong. But I'm telling you, God has forgiven the world when he sent Jesus Christ. He sent him to take away the sin of the world. Amen. Glory to God. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to encourage you. Maybe you have never witnessed before. 
I want you to start praying and asking God how he can use you as a vessel of honor for him. Every one of us in this room have a sphere of influence, right? We live next to people. We work with people, right? We hang out with people. Amen. You go into a a store, there's people in the store. Glory to God. We are around people every day. And we've got family and friends, right? And I want you to start asking, start seeking the Lord how he can use you to reach them. Amen? You know, I'm so grateful for my older sister. She was persistent with me. I grew up as a Catholic boy in LaSalle, Illinois, which is, there's a bar and a Catholic church on every corner, and I'm not really joking about that. (laughs) And as a young boy, I went to church every Sunday, but to me it was boring. It was just out of duty. And and usually when I was younger, when I was a little, little boy, I fell asleep. You can ask my parents, they're not here, but uh, they're in Illinois. And uh, my sister had gotten born again. And she kept asking me, Doug, do you want to go to church with me? I said, nah, I don't think so. She said, okay. Next week, hey, Doug, uh, do you want to go to church with me? Ah, no. Okay. Next week, Doug, you want to go to church with me? Well, I said, well, well how long is the service? She said, uh, about two hours. I said, two hours for church? You've got to be kidding me. That was my reaction. But how many know someone must have been praying? Because next week, she asked me again. And she said, Doug, you want to go to church? I said, okay. I was like, did I say that? And uh, I went. I was 12 years old. I'll never forget it. This was the day that I got born again. That message, that, there was only less than a handful of people there, probably less than 10 people there in that service at Abundant Life Tabernacle. And Pastor Lloyd Curry, and he preached. He said, is there anyone who would like to make Jesus their Lord and Savior? I kind of, you know, when you're not sure, you, your hand doesn't go all the way up, it goes halfway, right? How many's ever had the half hand raised? And I, I, I was the only one that night, and I went up front, and I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and he came in. Boy, I'll tell you what, he came in. Amen? But how did I get there? I got there because someone invited me. It was someone who had something that I didn't have. And she shared it with me. And I'm so glad she did. And if she didn't do that, I might not have been here today. Amen? But every one of us have been influenced by another person to either come to Jesus or to walk closer with Jesus. Amen? Well, why don't you be that influencer? Why don't you start influencing someone? There are things that you can do. You can post on social media. Amen. You can write a letter. You can take someone out to dinner and just share Jesus with them. Amen. Why? Because God wants us to be witnesses. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it says, He delivered us and saved us. With a holy calling. Aren't you glad that God called us to himself? Yes. 
Aren't you glad that you're delivered? How many are glad that they've been delivered? And saved us. What did he save us from? He saved us from hell. He saved us from destruction. He saved us from the devil. Amen? He even saves us from stupidity. Glory to God. He called us with a holy calling that leads to a consecrated life. A life set apart, a life of purpose. See, after he calls you to himself, he wants to work through you to do what he did for you in someone else. And he says, not because of our works or our merits, but because of his own purpose and grace. Thank God for grace. God didn't have to save us, but he did. Amen. He gave us a free gift. He gave us grace. He extended grace to us. And we're supposed to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And uh, he said in verse 10, but now this grace has been been fully disclosed and realized by us through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who through the immeasurable uh, earthly ministry, he abolished death. Hallelujah. Jesus took the sting out of death. Amen. Death for the believer is a promotion. Glory to God. And he brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Light comes through the gospel. You're a light bearer. Amen. Whether you realize it or not, if you know Jesus, you've got a light source in you. And the Bible says for us to let our light so shine before men that they see our good works and glorify God. Our lives are supposed to help someone else glorify God. Amen. Verse 11, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and he noticed he was appointed. God appoints people to positions. Amen? But we're all appointed with, with, to be a witness. God has given every believer in the body of Christ, every one of us is an ambassador, and we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. You can help p- people get their books in order. What's the main thing that they need to get their books in order? They need to have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. All right? That's the ultimate ordering of books right there. And uh, verse 12, he said, This is why I suffer as I do. Still, I'm not ashamed, for I know him and am personally acquainted with him. Do you know him today? If you know him, you've got something to say. Amen? There is no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved but the name of Jesus. Oh, thank God for the name of Jesus. All right? So what's the motive of evangelism? Why do we evangelize? Why do we reach out? Our motive is love. For God so loved the who? The world. Is everybody lovable in the world? No, but God loved them anyway. Amen? Amen? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why is all, you know, God doesn't send us, God doesn't send anybody to hell. He did everything he could to get you out of hell. If you go to hell, that's your own choice. Everyone who ends up in hell chose to be there because they chose to reject Jesus. So our motive for evangelism is love. The expression of evangelism is compassion. Compassion is, Moves you to action. 
When you have compassion on someone suffering or hurting, the compassion will compel you to do something about it. So the expression of evangelism is compassion. The reward of evangelism is eternal life. Amen? If you believe in Jesus, you'll have eternal life. That's a great reward, isn't it? Don't you want everybody to have eternal life? So the the reward of evangelism is eternal life. The purpose of evangelism is to reach out. Did Jesus have to come from heaven? He may not have had to, but he did because that was the only way that we were going to get saved. He was the first one to leave where he was and to mix in with other people. He actually, God became a man and walked this earth to show us the way to heaven to undo what Adam lost and so that we can have it restored back to us. So the purpose of evangelism is to reach the lost. The message of evangelism is good news. Everybody say good news. When you share Jesus with someone, you ought to say, I've got some good news for you with a big smile. Amen? The power of evangelism is the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen? We got some power. We got the power on our side. Right? God God gave you to w- the ability to witness with power. How, everybody hold up your hands. Right? If you're a believer in this place, hold up your hands. Did you know that you can lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover? That's what Mark 16 says. That's power. Yeah. Amen? Say, I've got the power. Got the power. All right? The focus of evangelism is hope. Have you ever encountered someone that lost hope? That are full of despair? That they don't think anything can improve? You know, yesterday was the celebration of 9-11. Fiona has a cousin who was on the 82nd floor who was a believer, Stanley Primnoth. And he saw the plane come into his window. And he dove under the desk. And his desk was the only thing that stood in that, in that room. Everything was demolished. The ceiling caved in. The walls fell. And he had to break out. But he made it out. Amen? Do you think, do you think that was a coincidence? No. Because when he saw the plane come into his window, because he didn't know what was happening, he said, Jesus, help me. Amen? Hallelujah. So the focus of evangelism is hope. Do you know that we have a God of all hope? He turns hopeless situations around. He's the only one who can. You can't trust the government. You've got to put your trust in God. The government is limited as to what they can do. But God is not limited into what he can do. You've got to put your trust in God. You know, some people trust in chariots and horses, but I'm going to put my trust in God, amen? Are you going to trust God with me, amen? We've got to have something bigger because we've got some things going on in this world. And God's the only solution. You can't politicize your way out of a problem. But you certainly can pray your way out of a problem if you know the Lord. Amen? Amen. 
And then the means of evangelism is giving and receiving. It's sharing, testifying, and witnessing. Did you know, though, that every dime that you invest in this goes to win souls? Goes to help people find their inheritance? All right? So let's look at some ways that Jesus witnessed. How many know that Jesus will never ask you to do anything that he didn't do himself? When God asks you to give, he's the greatest giver of all. Amen? I mean, no gift can compare to the, to the gift that we have in Jesus Christ. The Bible says it's an indescribable gift. Glory to God. Well, let me just say this first about a testimony. A testimony is something that serves as a tangible verification. That's according to Webster's. It's evidence to the truth of a matter. Do you know in court, lawyers bring in testimony as evidence to prove their case? How important is your testimony? Your testimony can mean the difference between life or death in an individual. I'll never forget. Um, I was listening to Mark Rutland years ago. And he was testifying. He was actually preaching at Lee. Lee University where Fiona and I went to. And uh, while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit began to deal with him strong about someone talking thinking about suicide and he began to deal with it someone in that audience that night had a loaded gun in their car and they were going to end their life but thank god that the holy spirit interrupted it and they were in the right place at the right time and they heard the word of god and they didn't kill themselves amen that's how powerful our testimony is glory to god a testimony is a confirmation and a verification. Do you know that we overcome the accuser of the brethren with our testimony? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony? Hallelujah. Did you know that uh, when, uh, when the man who was possessed with demons in Mark 5, the man from Gadara, he met Jesus and he worshipped him? I mean, the man cut himself. The man broke chains. The man ran around a graveyard naked. You know, when you run around a graveyard naked, you know you're possessed. Amen. And he came and he worshiped Jesus. And he was in his right mind and he was clothed. And the people of that area said, you need to leave. They didn't want Jesus around. Because they, he, he, he damaged the pork business. When he cast out devils, 2,000 pigs ran off the cliff. That's a lot of money. They lost a lot of pork business. Right? But... The man who was delivered from the demons, because he said, you know, he, he, he testified that he was legion. There was many demons in there. He said, oh, Jesus, I want to come with you. I want to go with you. He said, no, you go and share your testimony of the good things that God has done. And do you realize, maybe you don't realize this, but in Mark 5, when the, when the man began testifying, Jesus went back to that place that's when Jairus came to him. That's when the woman with the issue of blood. Do you think that that man's testimony had an effect on Jairus? You better believe it. So that man's testimony set the tone because it was an area of ten cities. 
And people heard the news of how this man who was, I'm sure that they all knew this man. Oh, that's the crazy guy that ran in the, in the, in the you know, the graveside. I mean, people must have saw him, you know. Man, one time in, in Illinois, I have never encountered demons as much as I did in my own hometown. Because <laughs> my friend and I, we would go out and anyway, we were at this park. Right? They were having the taste of the Illinois Valley. And we were sharing about Jesus. And this man, his hair was sticking out like this. It was about 40 degrees outside. He had no socks or shoes on. Right? So we were there. We were just there witnessing. Okay? And um, he came up to us and he said, I can take your Bible and squeeze it and open it up to anything I want. And... Uh, you know, we, we, we knew enough not to give the devil a microphone. I mean, we didn't have a microphone. We were just talking to people. And uh, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I got my uh, demon buddies. He said, you get your angels and I'll meet you at center field at another park. And we were foolish enough to say, okay. <laughs> and we were sitting there. Okay, it was, we went to this other park. It was about two blocks away. He sat down, my friend was there, and I'm here. And uh, we started talking and we said, say that he who is greater, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Three times he said, he who is in me is greater and he's in the world. Okay? Yeah, seriously. I was there. I heard the words come out of his mouth. And all of a sudden, from a sitting... a cross-legged sitting position, he pounced on my friend and p- pinned his head to the ground. So we said, in the na- we just started going, in the name of Jesus, you got to let go. So all of a sudden, after a couple minutes, I don't know how long it was, he just let go because he had to. Amen? Right. You don't have to fear demons. We have authority over them. Yeah, yeah. And, and when they decide to act up, you can deal with it. Yeah. Right? And, and we just said, in, in Jesus' name, you got to go. So we just, we parted ways. All right? He wasn't interested in getting delivered at that moment. Uh, should I tell you another demon story? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, we were, we were uh, uh, witnessing again, and um, one of my friends, <laughs> he used to be a drug dealer, and he drove around in a camouflage van, and he painted help on the rooftop of the van. And he ended up getting saved at a class reunion. Can you imagine getting saved at a, a secular school class reunion? Yes. Praise God. How many know you can get saved anywhere? Yes. Amen? Well, anyway, uh, we were driving. And we saw one of his old friends. And so we stopped and got out of the car. And, and uh, his, this, this old, his old friend, he came up to us. He said, got anything for the head? Got anything for the head? And my friend says, no, but I got something for the heart. He said, let me tell you about Jesus. All of a sudden, he goes, ain't got to worry about Judas. We took care of him. That's what he said. Ain't got to worry about Judas. We took care of him. There were some big-time demon people in my hometown. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about how Jesus witnessed. (laughs) Amen? I don't know how I got on all that. Maybe you need some help with demons. I don't know. Go to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Glory to God.
Look at, look at verse 5. This is, this is uh, Jesus appearing to John when he was in the Isle of the Pat, on the Isle of Patmos. He was caught up in the Spirit. And he said, from Jesus Christ, who is the what? Faithful witness. Faithful witness. Everybody say faithful witness. And the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He's a faithful witness. What kind of witness? He's a faithful witness. Amen? He, he talks the talk and he walks the walk. He lives it, right? He didn't say he, he, was, he was faithful to witness. He is a faithful witness. Witnessing is not something that we do on occasion. Witness is something who we are. Say, I'm a witness. Yes, we are. We are witnesses. And how we live determines who we testify for. But Jesus is a faithful witness. Glory to God. Go to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. Boy, I'm telling you, there's a lot of things the Holy Ghost is bringing out today. Isaiah 55. Hallelujah. I'm becoming more versed in being a lefty today. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Isaiah 55 verse 4. He's talking about one who's going to come. He's talking about Jesus. And it says, Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander of the people. Amen. Hallelujah. He he witnesses to nations. Glory to God. Did you know the gospel is multilingual? It, it, it works in any language. It works in any culture. It works in any country. It works for any race. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's for all tribes, all tongues, all people. It's God's universal message saying, I love you and I want you on my team. I want you in my family. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. He witnesses to the nations. How did Jesus witness? Go to Matthew chapter 4. He witnessed in three primary primary ways. Matthew chapter 4. See, God is giving us an example. Aren't we supposed to be like Jesus? So if, if he's a witness, that means if you know him, then you're a witness. Glory to God. You are an expert witness. And your testimony can shut the devil up. Your your testimony can disrupt the devil's work. Hallelujah. Your testimony can declare the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A lot of things aren't even in my notes. Glory to God. So Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Hallelujah. And Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Jesus. He didn't just witness from a distance. He got in there. He got in the mix. Jesus went about all Galilee. Galilee is like a county. It's like Lebanon County. 
teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and disease among the people. So three primary ways that Jesus testified is he taught, he preached, and he healed. Glory to God. Jesus is a healer, but he taught and he preached and he healed. A lot of times he would heal after he taught. Why? Because there's power in the word. What happens when, when you hear the word taught? Faith comes to your heart. When faith comes to your heart, you have the ability to believe God. Amen? So Jesus had to teach, and Jesus had to preach, and Jesus had to heal, because those are the three ways that he, that he witnessed. He testified to the goodness of God. Glory to God. Go to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. We're looking at how Jesus witnessed. And uh, let's go, let's look at verse 10. Matthew 9, verse 10. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, he went to dinner. See, even Jesus knows that dinner's meat, right? (laughs) He he went to meat. Behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. Oh my goodness, there's sinners sitting at our table. Yeah, I've invited them there. Did you know Jesus didn't get nervous when sinners were at his table? Why? Because any sinner that encounters Jesus, they're about to encounter a change if they want to. Something's about to change. Nothing's going to be staying the same. And verse 11, and when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, why eat, why does your master eat with publicans? And sinners? Apparently they didn't do that. Religion doesn't eat with sinners or publicans. Not a pelican, a publican. But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. Sin is a sickness. And Jesus knew that sinners needed help, so why don't you come to my table because I got the help that you need. Amen? Jesus has got the help that they need. He can deliver them from sin. He has removed the stain of sin and the stench of sin. Glory to God. Jesus let him sit at his table. He said, go and learn What this means, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. You got to get around some sinners. Amen? Don't get nervous when you do. He who is in you is what? Greater than he who is in the world. Right? So you're already sitting in a a greater place. Okay? But sinners need what you got. Or they need what you have. All right, and then verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, so Jesus ministered to individuals and he ministered to groups. He was moved with compassion. 
on them because they were they fainted and were scattered abroad as a sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers. I just saw something right here. They didn't have any churches to go to. They were scattered without shepherds. Amen? You have a good church right here in Palmyra called Victory Christian Fellowship. It started with the preaching of the word. Those of you that knew Harvey Good, he, he, got, he was a, a, of a Mennonite background. He got touched with the Holy Ghost in the late 70s. And when he was 55, he started this church in 1981. And the work is still going on today. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. We, we, we got some, we gotta have some compassion on people. Jesus' compassion, he just didn't say, oh, I pity. No, his compassion moved him to action. And he went and did something. He, he wanted to alleviate the suffering. Glory to God. All right. Let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. This is where Jesus ministered to an individual. Hallelujah. Both groups and individuals. John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Okay, he was a Pharisee, but he was also a ruler. And he came to Jesus by night. <laughs> Why do you think he came by night? He didn't want anybody, any other Pharisee to see him. Amen. He came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi... Or teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. Well, thank God that Nicodemus has a little bit of sense on his, on his shoulders, right? He can recognize that Jesus is operating with God and God is operating with Jesus because of the miracles. See, another witness to Jesus is miracles. Yes. Miracles testify that he is God. And miracles are still happening today. Amen? Amen. And Jesus answered him. So, Nicodemus, see, one of the best ways to witness is live in such a way where people ask you questions. How am I going to open the door? Let them open the door. (laughs) Just live in such, just live a victorious life. And when people say, how come you're so victorious? Well, let me tell you. They just open the door. You can't have an easier opportunity to witness than that, amen? Amen. Or when you see uh, a couple that are just in love, you know, they're just married. How how is your marriage? Well, let me tell you. All right? Live in such a way that will cause people to ask questions. That's how we need to live. We need to to live in such a way where when we encounter people, they say, what just happened? (laughs) How did you do that? How did you overcome that? Uh-huh. Amen. How come you have no fear? Yes. Amen. One of the things that influenced Joanna Wesley, she was John and Charles Wesley's mama, right? She was on a ship from England to America, and there was a storm that broke out. And, every, you know, when a storm breaks out and you're on a ship, everybody gets fearful. But there were some Moravians there. 
And they weren't showing any fear whatsoever. They were praying to God and praising God in the midst of the storm. Listen, you can diffuse a storm situation with some praise. Amen? And Joanna was looking at how these people weren't fearful of the storm, and so she engaged them. She asked them questions. And they began to tell her about their trust in God. Guess what? That influenced her. Amen? And, and she then influenced John and Charles, and I forget which one, but they would wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go preach to people coming to work in the factories. They'd, they'd catch every shift. Amen? We've got to live in such a way that people ask questions. Live a victorious life. Be a champion. Right? Be an overcomer. Be who God says you are. Live like God says you can live. Amen? Don't be ashamed of it. Be bold about it. Glory to God. Jesus didn't come to this earth and tiptoe around. He didn't tiptoe through the tulips. He came and he impacted cities. He impacted towns. He impacted villages. He impacted individuals. He impacted families. He came to do a work. And he did a work wherever he went. These things occurred. He, he witnessed in Jerusalem. He witnessed in Judea. He witnessed in Galilee. He witnessed in Capernaum. He witnessed on the beach, praise God. I love Jesus. Jesus had a beach ministry, glory to God. He reached doctors and fishermen and accountants and financial people. He reached the high intellect and the low intellect. He reached everybody. And he wants us to do the same. He wants us to follow in his footsteps. He didn't just call... God did not call you just to sit down. He called you to a supernatural life. He gave you the tools to engage life's challenges with the truth. And you can overcome life's challenges. He gave you the means to face everything that you're going to face in life and overcome. Amen? He gave you the means to overcome tragedy. He gave you the means to, to bring you out of grief. He gave you the means to succeed and to prosper. That's what he did for us. Jesus actually, in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, it says, He became poor so that we could become rich. And sometimes we just live below what He wants because we just don't believe it. You got to believe it. See, everything in the Bible is not automatic, it comes to you by faith, even eternal life. You've got to believe in him to get the eternal life. Amen? You can't be good enough to get it. You can't buy it. You can't even hang on someone's coattail that has it. You've got to get it for yourself. Every individual has to make a choice of whether they're going to choose Jesus or not. Or Everyone has to get an opportunity. And even if a person doesn't witness to them, they can see it in creation. 
God set it up where you can't miss it. You, you can't go to heaven and say, I never knew. I never. Did you see a tree? Did you see the, the, the human bodies I created, the flowers I created, the birds of the air? Amen. Creation points to what? A creator. No one's going to have a, an excuse when they get to heaven that says, I didn't know or I didn't have enough information. No, God gave us more than enough information. I mean, think about your own life. How many times did you hear the truth or how many times did someone reach out to you and help you? Amen. It might have been a few times. It might have been a few times over a span of years. Right. But thank God. Glory to God. There's a lot of things coming out today. Amen. So Jesus witnessed to a religious man. Go to John 4. He witnessed to a woman. He crossed the gender line. I'll tell you what, women, you ought to get excited about Jesus because he set you free. He set you free from curse amen glory to god satan had it out for you he said the, uh, my seed is going to bruise this your your seed's heel but my seed's heel is going to crush your head yeah. jesus set women free yeah. he was the greatest champion for equality ever yeah. <laughs> he let women preach the gospel yeah. some denominations don't but jesus did yeah. glory to god John 4, 4. <laughs> I'm having a good time today. I don't know about you. John 4, 4. He, he left Judea and departed again in Galilee. And verse 4 says, he must needs go through Samaria. Everybody say he must. he must. Something inside of Jesus was telling him. Who do you think that was? That was the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus never did anything his father didn't do. He never said anything his father didn't say. So his father was talking to him, son, I need you in Samaria. So Jesus is telling his disciples, it's necessary. I've got to go to Samaria. Why do you got to go there? I don't know. I just got to go. Have you ever had the feeling you just got to be somewhere? Amen. You ought to obey that thing. God's trying to get you into a place where he, he... he, he can use you to help someone else or bless you. Yes. So, verse 5. Then he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob's gave to his son Joseph. Joseph being a type of Christ. Glory to God. Now, Jacob's well was there, verse 6. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey... He sat down on the well, and it was about the sixth hour, right? About noon, okay? So you can imagine, bright, sunny day. He had to walk to get there, right? He's tired. How many know that you could sit at a well, and it could turn into a witnessing opportunity? All because God wanted you there. Because there was someone, there was some ripe fruit in that city that needed to hear the gospel because they had the key to the city. We're going to find that out here in just a minute. Glory to God. And uh, so he was sitting there enjoying some water. And there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, give me a drink. Well, apparently he wasn't enjoying any water yet, right? 
And uh, this woman, because the disciples went away to buy some food, okay? And then the woman said unto him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans? The clothes identified who they were. Now, the Jews thought of the Samaritans like they they thought of them as half-breeds or dogs. They literally called them in the Bible. They didn't get along, okay? And here's a Jew. He probably had on the the rabbinical outfit, right, with with the shawl and everything. And uh, you could identify him easily as a Jew, right? And she's wondering, well, how come you're talking to me? Oh, glory to God. The gospel can break racial barriers. There's no racism in God. If everybody gets saved, racism would go by the wayside. Who do you think's behind racism? The devil. He wants to divide people. He wants to put groups of people against people. God wants to bring them together and unite them. My goodness, if you cut your finger, everybody's blood is red anyway. Doesn't matter what kind of paint you got on your house. Jesus answered and said unto her, so he's engaging in a conversation about around the water cooler. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that said unto you, give me a drink. So he, he, he's still talking about water, but he brings a spiritual concept into it. Okay. You would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. See, this woman had been drinking from a uh, bitter water. She had trouble in relationships. She had trouble in marriage. She had trouble in her family. Things weren't working out right for her. And God knew it, and he put his son there to reach her with the gospel. This was no coincidence. We call this a divine setup. Amen? This was a divine setup. And the woman said unto him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. See, Jesus is, is kind of talking spiritual things. She's still kind of focused on natural things. Okay? But keep the conversation going. Ever say, keep the conversation going. Yeah, sometimes you just need to talk to people. Sometimes you just need to listen to where they are. So that, you can, so that the Holy Spirit can tell you how you can help them. He said, she said, are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well and drank thereof himself? Jesus said unto her, whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will be in him a well of water springing up into eternal life. That's from Isaiah 12, 3. So now he's, he's sharing scripture with her and she doesn't even recognize it. The woman said unto him, sir, give me this water. I'm telling you, when you start talking about life, when you start talking about things that can help you, this woman needs some life because she was experiencing dead things. She was wanting life. Jesus served what she needed on a silver platter, life, living water. And then he said, go call your husband and come here. 
Now the gifts of the Spirit are in operation. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, You have said, Well, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and he whom you now have is not your husband, in that you said truly. How did Jesus know that she had five husbands? The Holy Spirit revealed an already known fact. Everybody who knew this woman, where she lived, knew what her lifestyle was, but Jesus had a revelation of the Holy Spirit. How do you know the Holy Spirit will help you witness? Because we've got the power, don't we? She says, uh, yeah, you've had five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. All right? Then the woman said, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Because now he's meddling in her business. She said, Jesus, you're reading my mail. You know, I could just see the shocked look on her face. Like, how did you know that? Apparently, they never met before because she, she never said, hey, Jesus, how you doing? Right? They just came because it was a hot day and they were at a well. And Jesus engaged in conversation. That's how easy it is to witness. And uh, so they go in and, uh, all right, verse 25. The woman said unto him, I know that. Messiah comes, which is called Christ, when he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto you am he. He revealed himself to her as Messiah. Okay? And uh, so then uh, Look at verse 28. The woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the man. Who do you think her main audience were? The man. She had the key to the city. She had the influence. The men knew her. So she, 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 she has a revelation of Jesus as Messiah. And the first thing she does, she's going to tell someone else. All right? And uh, verse 29, the easiest witnessing statement ever. Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? <laughs> come, come hear a man tell, tell, who told me about my life. Isn't he the Christ? That's all she said. Then... They went out of the city and came to him. The easiest witnessing thing someone could ever do. She has a revelation of Jesus as Messiah. She goes and tells the men of her city, half the city come out to hear for themselves. Based on her testimony. Because she had influence. Amen? Pray that God opens doors for people of influence. So then, you know, the disciples came and, and verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of that city, of that what? Okay, wait a minute. Jesus, a well, and a woman. That's two people, right? 
She has an encounter with Jesus. She has an exchange with Jesus. Jesus reveals to her that he's the Messiah. She goes and tells the men that she knew in her city. Now it multiplies. How many did it start with? One or two, right? Jesus and her. When, when you combine anything with Jesus, it's always going to be more. It's always going to multiply. You could, you, you, you could put a tuna sandwich in Jesus' hands and he'll feed 10,000 people with it. <laughs> Hallelujah. All I got is this tuna sandwich. That'll work. Give it to me. Once you give it to Jesus, a multiplication factor occurs. When you give your life to Jesus, your life will multiply. Your work will multiply. Your, your good things will multiply. You were created for good works. You are God's workmanship. You are his masterpiece. You were created for good works. Witnessing is a good work. Sharing the gospel is a good work. You were created for it. God just needed you to be a part of his team so that he could get the work going. He can't work in you if you're not part of his team. You got to become part of his team, part of his family. Then he can do a work in you. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman. Which testified, he told me all that I ever did. You will not find that in any witnessing book. Just go tell people he told me everything I ever did. (laughs) Do you know that God uses the simple things to confound the wise? All right. Verse 40, so when the Samaritans were come to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. You think they had some revival in two days. I'm telling you, they had Jesus, the master, teaching them for two days. They had uninterrupted instruction, uninterrupted revelation, glory to God, all because of one testimony of a woman, glory to God. That's the power of witnessing. You never know what your witnessing is going to do. You never know what your testimony is going to do. But you just put it out there and let God multiply it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And verse 41, and many more believe because of his own word. Oh, my goodness. Everybody say many more. It started with one. Then it became many. Then it became many more. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Progressive increase. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All because he engaged a woman in a conversation about water. And he talked about living water. He referenced the well. He said, yeah, if you draw well from this, you're going to be thirsty again. But if you draw water, see, some of you are thirsty. Because you've been drinking well water. Well water is good, but you need living water. Living water only comes from Jesus. Hey Amen? If you're, if you're dry and thirsty today, your, your mouths are about to get satisfied today. This morning, right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen? So I think I ought to write a book, Witnessing Made Easy by Jesus. If Jesus can do it, You can do it. Everything Jesus can do, you can do. Just not better. (laughs) Right? You know, everything you can do, I can do better. (laughs) 
We can do what Jesus did. He, he even told his disciples, he said, the works that I do, you will do also. But greater works shall you do. Why? Because I'm retiring early. Jesus retired at 33 and a half. You know how kids, whenever you ask a kid, they I'm four and a half. You know, they emphasize that half because they're you know, halfway to five. They don't really focus on the four, they four and a half, right? Amen. Jesus was 33 and a half. He retired early. Well, who did he leave behind? He left his church behind. His church, Jesus at 12 years old said, don't you know that I'd be about my father's business? Everybody say at 12. He was having a, he had, he was three days lost from his parents. They're like, Mary, where's, where's Jesus? And Mary says to Joseph, where's Jesus? He said, I don't know. And she said, I don't know. They began to look for him with all the relatives. It took him three days, it took him four days to find him. Because they had already gone a day's journey. They had to come back a day's journey. Then they looked for him for three days and found him in the temple. They found him in church. And Mary's like freaking out. Jesus, why'd you do Don't you know that I'd be about my father's business? This is God's business. God's business is people. He's interested in winning people. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Amen. At one time we were lost, but now we're found. And it's much better to be found. But now you've got to help someone be found. You've got to help someone who's lost to be found. You've got to help someone who's wandering to show them the way. Amen. Bring them to the living water. Your job is just to tell your story and let God do the rest. You don't have to convince anybody. You just have to tell what happened to you. You just have to testify what you've seen and what you've heard in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Is there anybody that needs healing in here today? You need healing in your body. You need strength in your life. You need water for your soul. If you need water for your soul, if you need strength for your body, if you need health in your life, if you need freedom in an area of life, amen, we believe in the power of prayer. Amen. And we want to pray with you. We want to lay our hands on you and we want to see you get free. Amen. The power of God is here this morning. We believe in laying hands on people. Does that, is, it, is anybody dealing with those things? You need strength. You need satisfaction. You need uh, health. You need help. I mean, just come on up. Come on up right now. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Amen. This is why we're here. Amen. We give you the word and then the Holy Ghost does the heavy lifting. Because he's the power of God. Hallelujah. Everybody deals with things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want you to, want you to be in faith, people, for your, for your sisters that are coming.